Howdy, Brian Bill DeVille. Welcome to Music Heads, your weekly essential music digest. In this installment, we'll have a chat with Eric Applewick of Tapes and Tapes about some of the music he's been listening to on the guest list. For the essentials, the current's new hot host, David Safar, will talk about an album he grew up with by Willie Nelson. Co-music director has the next big thing. She'll discuss British folky Laura Marling in the music meeting. In the music meeting, we'll break down the new album from Twin Cities legends, the Jayhawks, and we'll give you a sneak peek of a new track from Girls, all in this installment of Music Heads. But first, it's time for the music cast. It's Music Heads, your weekly music digest. Time now for the music cast. In with that is Jill Riley. Hi, Jill. Hey, Bill. Uh, Taking a look at some music news headlines from this week. An hour-long special episode of the Colbert Report will air Monday, September 26th. This episode will host a four-song set, including the unreleased song, The Daily Mail, and an interview with Radiohead. That's pretty cool. It is cool. The appearance may be in conjunction with the release of a double album of remixes from their last album, which is due to release next month. In related news, Tom York released a new solo track titled The Twist last week during a set on uh, XFM. You just go to the Musicheads blog at thecurrent.org to hear the song and watch the video. Interscope Records, the former label of such artists as Nine Inch Nails, Beck, Tupac, um, Elliot Smith, and the current label of MIA and Lady Gaga is facing some serious trouble regarding its involvement in a, get this, in a cocaine trafficking scandal. Is it 1971, Jill? That's what I was thinking when I read this, <laughs> an alleged cocaine trafficking scandal. While Interscope claims to be ignorant of its involvement, James Rosemond, a close affiliate of the label and owner of Czar Entertainment, was arrested three months ago for drug trafficking. Rosemond denies his involvement, and Interscope has yet to comment on the ordeal. I guess I better start checking my CDs when they yeah, come in. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. It's so old school. I know, it's that's like, like just the old joke, I guess. Here, play my record. Here's a little something-something for you. you yeah, know? so details should be emerging um, <laughs> in the coming months, I suppose. About that scandal. Vision, dreams of passion. And all the while I think of you. A very strange reaction. The more I see, the more I do. Baby. Anthony Rosales of M83 announced an open casting call for his backing band last week. Um, About to embark on his world tour, he still needs a musician proficient on guitar, bass, and keys and is taking on the format of reviewing YouTube submissions to find his new bandmate. Details of how to enter your audition videos are posted on M83's website. That worked rather well for, for Journey, didn't it? Yes, with uh, fake Steve Perry, I like to call him. But I think that uh, fake Steve Perry probably sounds better than real Steve Perry would in this day and age. I think so, and he's so enthusiastic. I kind of get a kick out of watching him. I know, I've watched a hundred videos, I bet, online of that guy. I just can't get enough. Mm. I still won't go see Journey without real Steve Perry, though. That's the line that I draw, Bill. (laughs) 
Now the 20th anniversary of Nevermind has caused a good deal of buzz for a while now. VH1 is celebrating the occasion by airing a never-before-seen concert from Halloween of 1991. The hour-long concert includes Nevermind tracks like Breed, Lithium, and Polly, plus non-album cuts uh, Sliver and Aneurysm, and a cover of the Vaseline's Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam. It's called Nirvana Live at the Paramount, and the movie will air this Friday the 23rd, um, 10 o'clock Central Time on VH1, VH1 Classic, and my new favorite channel, Palladia. You're addicted to that one, too. I love Palladia. I love it. Um, No matter what time of day, you can generally stumble upon some sort of footage from a live festival or a live concert or, I don't know, a show about music. Yeah, Yeah. how about that? (laughs) What a a concept. I know, it's so old school. The legend of Fillmore Slim, a biopic about the blues guitarist and singer, has cast its leading man as none other than Snoop Dogg. He's going to have to lose the cornrows, I'm thinking. For I'm for guessing this, huh? he's going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. Following the blues man through the 60s and 70s, the film touches on Slim's music career as well as his time spent as a pimp in prison and finding redemption. Okay, Snoop Dogg is going to be perfect for this. Right on. Directed by Hawthorne James, pre-production will begin in December. Ceremonials, the much-anticipated new album from Florence and the Machine, is finally set to come out. A release date in the UK, anyway. It'll come out Halloween in the UK on Island Records. While previously unreleased, the full track listing has become available via iTunes. And the album still does not have a U.S. release date, but I'm guessing it won't be long after Halloween. If it's coming out in the mm-hmm. U.K., it shouldn't be long before it comes out in the U.S. Yeah, she's too big now for it to wait six months. Yeah, why would you wait? Yeah, you got to strike when the iron's hot, as they say, Jill. Thanks so much for uh, dropping by. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. stories this week. Albums from Boots Electric. The album's called Honky Kong. It's a project put together by the Eagles of Death Metal's Jesse Hughes. Hysterical is the new album from Clap Your Hands Say Yeah. New one this week as well from Kasabian and Super Heavy. The Super Group featuring Mick Jagger, Dave Stewart, Joss Stone, A.R. Rahman, and Damian Marley. You must have checked their egos at the door. Tony Bennett's new album's Duets 2. Tori Amos, Night of Hunters out this week. Jens Lechman. Album called Argument With Myself from the Scandinavian artist. Mockingbird Time, we'll be talking about that later on this installment of Music Heads. That's the new album from the Jayhawks is out this week, too. Ivy's new album is called All Hours, and there's also a new album from Megafon. The group's made up of brothers Brad and Phil Cook, who are originally from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, and drummer Joe Westerland hails from Eau Claire originally. They're out in North Carolina now. You might remember these guys played with Justin Vernon in the band DeArmond Edison. Megaphone's latest simply bears their name. Here's the track State Meant here on Music Heads.
right, let's do the next big thing. Melanie Walker's in the house. What you want to talk about today, Mel? Today, I want to talk about one of the hottest singer-songwriters to come out of this new folk scene that's been emerging for a while. Her name is uh, Laura Marling. God's work is planned. I stand here with a man that talked to me so candidly more than I choose. Once rouged, I feel again the blues of longing, ever longing to be confused. Ah, Laura, we had her up here a few years ago, and I, I do recall it was Mumford and Sons that were her backing band at the time. Yeah, she's part of that whole kind of new folk scene that's been emerging in the UK for a long time. People like Noah and the Whale. Mm-hmm who she actually dated, the lead singer of Noah and the Whale, Charlie Fink, and Mumford and & Sons, and she was romantically linked to Marcus Mumford, the sure. lead singer of them. Uh, she's also worked a lot with Johnny Flynn, mm-hmm. who's kind of a, a smaller name over in that UK um, new folk scene. But Laura Marling is wise beyond her years, Bill. Indeed. She's very, very young. She started out when she was only 16 years old, um, back when um, she emerged in the British indie scene back in 2007. And she had a few singles that she had on her MySpace page that were just um, infectious and they really went viral online. One of the songs I remember I first heard from her was a track called Night Terrors that was so dark and so stoic and so like you said, wise beyond her years. Mm -hmm. Um, When I found out she was only 16 and I saw a picture of this, you know, almost angelic, white, blonde, you know, um, youthful girl, I was, I couldn't believe that was her. It was really, it, it was difficult to imagine. Yeah, she sounds like she's in her low 30s, not her low 20s. No, yeah. she's she's way beyond her years. But mm-hmm. so she she had that single that came out and she had a few um, high profile gigs and she just became kind of one of the big next big things to emerge from the the British new folk scene. You know, she really reminds me a lot of Martha Wainwright, Feist. Um, you know, legendary Brit folk voices like uh, Shirley Collins, Sandy Denny, Linda right. Thompson. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of Linda Thompson. In her a song. lot of Linda yeah. Thompson. Oh, nay, little me, asking what things you have seen. And you're vulnerable in your head. You're screaming your way to your dead. Creatures veiled by night Following things that aren't right And they are tired and they need to be led Or you're screaming your will to your dead But give me to a rambling man Let it always be known and so she had these songs that came out and quickly um, produced this debut EP called My Manic and I, which was slated for an independent release back in the fall of 2007. But that didn't last very long because in 2008, she soon signed to Virgin Records and she issued her debut album called Alas, I Cannot Swim. And, you know, that whole album just really echoes of of old Joni Mitchell and all of that old um, 60s, 70s 
kind of uh, vintage singer-songwriter vibe. Yeah. And, and it really, it became a huge hit. A couple songs on there, Ghosts, that track I mentioned before, Night Terrors. She really made her stamp on the indie scene with this first debut. Went number three on the UK Albums chart, which was really, really impressive. And also um, nominated her for a Mercury Prize. She was only 18 years yeah. old when she was nominated yeah. for this. It's so cool that this new music, this new folk music is coming on to a whole new generation now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Mumford & Sons really took it to the next mm-hmm. level. And, you know, she's had three albums that have come out. That debut album, Alas, I Cannot Swim. She came out with a sophomore release that did fairly well um, called I Speak Because I Can. There were a few tracks we played off of it here at the station called Rambling Man. Another one I really loved called Devil's Spoke. I might be a part of this ripple on water from a lonesome trip. A fallen tree that witnessed me. I'm alone Life itself could not aspire to have someone be so admired I threw creation to my kin with a silence broken by a whispered All of this can be broken, all of this can be broken Hold your devil by his throat and spin him to the ground She had some heavy hitters working with her on that album, I Speak Because I Can. She had Ryan Adams helping her write those songs. Kings of Leon producer Ethan Johns actually helped produce that album. But it never really carried over. It got okay reviews got a little bit of airplay, but not a whole lot happened. But with this new album that's just coming out right now this year, it's called A Creature I Don't Know. This is going to be the album build that yeah. I feel like she finally gets the well-deserved acclaim. The single we've been touching on is fantastic. Sophia, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just a beautiful song. And it's more up-tempo than the, the previous tracks we played. From every her. album yeah. gets thicker and thicker. It gets mm-hmm. deeper. It becomes more explosive with its percussion and banjos and mandolins and strings. And she's got, you know, backing vocals. That that second album, I speak because I can, she actually had the Mumford & Sons boys on, yeah. on the backing vocals on that album. But it feels like every album she adds another layer of depth to her songwriting and to the production, but it's never too much. It's like she doesn't lay it on too thick. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, as she's growing, as she's expanding this career of hers, she's gaining more and more fans. And I feel like this album is finally going to be the album that carries her over into the limelight because the reviews for this album, more than any of the other ones, have really been massively successful sometimes i sit sometimes i stare sometimes i look and sometimes i don't care rarely i weep sometimes i must i'm She sounds like uh, the real deal. You can, you can really believe what she's singing about and she, the way she delivers it in her fantastic voice. And, and I, th- I think you're right. I think she's poised to be the next big thing. And, mm-hmm. and she's got this, you know, moral narrative that she carries through all of her work that is very reminiscent, like Bob Dylan early in his career yeah. and mm-hmm. Joni Mitchell. She's so honest and she's got um, so much depth to her life experiences for such a young woman. Melanie, which song would you like to choose for us to listen to from this new Laura Marling album? The track I think that 
everybody should check out from Laura Marling isn't necessarily something from the new album. I love the new album. I love all of her albums. But I really want people to hear the first song that I heard when I first discovered Laura Marling because I feel like uh, the thing that makes her different than the Noahs and the Whales and the Mumford and Sons and the Johnny Flynn's and the Jamie T's of the UK world are this stark... Um, kind of stranger, more jazz-influenced musical landscape that she lays out in Mm -hmm. her works. And I think she excels best when it's just her and an acoustic guitar. And you can attest to that because you heard her do in studio sessions with us live. I think that's when she is most extraordinary and most effective because what she can do with just her voice and just her guitar is just phenomenal. So I want to listen to Night Terrors by Laura Marling. And it's the next big thing here on Music Heads on 89.3 The Current. If I look back and he's screaming I'd left him dreaming The danger's feet And I'll run back and shake him tightly And scream if they want him Or they're gonna have to fight me This is Music Heads, music news for music lovers. Time for the guest list, where some of our favorite artists share with us some of the music that they've been listening to. This week, Eric Applewick of the band Tapes and Tapes has dropped by. So, Eric, what are you listening to these days? Uh, well, I, uh, I spend a lot of time recording, but when I get, yeah. get some time away from that, uh, I, for some reason, I don't know what it is about Broken Social Scene, I they, three of their records. I haven't mm-hmm. heard the, the ambient uh, first one that they came out with. I'm, I'm more about their pop songs anyway, right, I guess. Right. But, the, uh, the, their last three records, uh, and especially the second and third, the You Forgot It in People, and mm-hmm. the uh, the other one besides the Forgiveness Rock record. I can't... Is it self-titled? I think so, but yeah, I'm not quite so sure. Too. Yeah, I'm I think it is self-titled, either. yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I, I can't... I can't get those out of my iTunes regular rotation. It's, what is it about them that you like? Well, I, I think it's equal parts. Well, I think it's a number of things. You know, uh, for 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 any band or any music to rise to the top, there has to be some sort of sentimental kind of attachment. Mm-hmm. And the very first time that I had seen them play live was in. Uh, well, we played kind of a series of festivals that they ended up being the same at the same venues as us uh, in Europe, and it would have been. 2007, 2006, right, right around there. The, the the sort of when we were on the tour that we hit Reading and Leeds and all those places, and they were on the same sort of circuit as us. So we saw them a bunch of times, and uh, I got to stand side stage, and it was the first time I'd ever seen them, and I'd never even really heard their music prior right. to that, and I was just blown away. I thought it was awesome. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a group, a huge group of people of really good musicians playing great pop songs, and. Uh, I don't know. It, it's just, there's something about the vibe and the energy, and they had you know three or four horn players cool. and just a ton yeah. of people on stage. It was just it was just awesome. you been listening to besides besides broken social scene uh well kind of one of my staples is uh buddy miles sort mm-hmm. of a i don't know if i if i could say little known um 
Uh, I suppose Little Known had probably, he's been kind of a cult artist, I, yeah. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Yeah, started off with uh, you know, playing with Jimi Hendrix yeah, and yeah. Band of Gypsies, and then later uh, put out a bunch of solo albums. I actually found one of his albums uh, in a house I lived in in college. There was mm-hmm. a garage that had an abandoned car in it that eventually we were just like, we need to see what's in this car. Yeah. And then we dug around in there, there was all these crates of albums that we kind of picked through. And, and you found a Buddy Miles album. I did, I did. Yeah. I found a Buddy Miles record, and it's called uh, uh, Message to the People, and it's this great psychedelic sort of like like flames coming out of his mouth and volcanoes and, yeah. you know, sort of lava, naked women type of thing. It's like, a, it's, I mean, it's really 70s. Yeah, I imagine it's reasonably collectible as well, huh? Something uh, like that? Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, all I know is every time I see one in a record store, I buy it and it's usually like 3 or $5. So I yeah, don't yeah. know how valuable it is, really. I'm pretty sure half the album is uh, Allman Brothers covers, but uh, still, <laughs> I'm actually totally serious. It is, <laughs> it is mostly Allman Brothers. He covers Brothers. the Allman Brothers. Yeah, kind of a bunch yeah. of them wholesale love mm-hmm. uh don't keep me wondering uh midnight rider it's yeah it's good good chunk of the album eric applewick of the band tapes and tapes thanks so much for dropping by what do you want us to play from buddy miles uh from buddy miles yeah uh, how about wholesale love wholesale love this is music from buddy miles and thanks eric applewick for joining us thanks bill mm-hmm. this is music cats Let's do the music meeting. Today's special guests include program director Jim McGuinn and marketing manager Ali Lozoff. It's been a long time coming, but the Jayhawks are back. The band has been laying pretty low since 2003's Rainy Day music release. Maybe the most exciting news is that founding member Mark Olson is back in the fold, so those high, lonesome, brotherly harmonies of Olson and Loris are back intact, and for the most part, they're sounding good as ever. Mockingbird Time's the name of the new release. It's also the first one produced by Gary Loris. The album shows maybe a kinder, gentler Jayhawks. There aren't as many blazing Gary Loris guitar solos in this one, but there's still plenty of the band's signature close harmonies of Olsen and Loris. As heard on one of the album's highlights, which is right here, She Walks in So Many Ways. She walks in so many ways She wanders lone in the shade She shakes herself It's the Jayhawks. The new album is called Mockingbird Time. Jim McGuinn, is it working for you? You know, there's places where it's Mm -hmm. working for me. Uh, I I don't know that I love the whole album start to finish, and I want to love this album so much because it's the first time in... uh, you know, all eight, the his eight years, yeah. eight years for a Jayhawks record, and what sixteen, 16 years, years since Mark we Olson. had mm-hmm. Mark Olson and Gary Loris together in the Jayhawks. Uh, I kind of feel like um, I, I I don't know if this is a perception or what, but I feel like I want a little more Gary in the mix. Yeah, I totally uh, agree. With you. It, it mm-hmm. seems like more of the songs are Marks, and um, the the other thing about it is uh, there's places where I wish they would allow a little bit more space 
to emerge in the songs. It seems yeah. like, you know, you've got the guitar, you've got Karen back playing uh, piano, you've got strings, you've got harmonicas added in. And um, one of the beautiful things about this band was when they allowed the songs to really breathe. And you think about probably their biggest song, Blue, and how much space there is in that mm-hmm. song. And I'm kind of waiting throughout the record for that moment. And when it finally comes to me, it's on... Uh, the next to last track, Pouring Rain at Dawn, really? which has that real spatial quality that mm-hmm. I love from Blue. See, that struck me, but I, I got mine a little earlier. I got it at track number four, She Walks in So Many Ways, which to me was pure blue. I mean, classic. That that was one of the few songs that actually had all the harmonies yeah. with, with Karen and uh, with Tim O'Regan, the drummer. All four parts of the harmonies are in that one. But until then, it's just kind of Mark and Gary. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that I, well, this is I'm going off track, but I, to me, that's just like a bird's cover almost that's a great song a great single to get into the album i also like the way the album just kind of opens with hydra colors i think that's one of the best tracks you hear this real beatlish feel Mm -hmm. on the album you hear you know gary start to like uh dig in with his guitar as he's such a gifted guitar player and you hear those two voices those two voices we've been waiting for on a jayhawks record now for 16 years best word is the silence How about you? Is the album working for you? Amazingly, Jim and I are in exact agreement on this. I feel like he just said everything I was going to say. I'm such a huge Jayhawks fan. This is the band that got me back into Americana after growing up on it, but thinking, you know, I did my own thing and went down the punk rock road for a while, and I saw the Jayhawks in 1988, and I was back into Americana big time. And so this record for me, again, I've been so looking forward to hearing those two voices together again. But one of the things that made them so great in the past was when they they used their voices so well as instruments and they knew when to blend them together and when to let each of them stand apart. And I really feel like on this record, there's a a lot of harmonizing all the way through and you sort of miss out on what makes each of them strong in their own way because it's just always overlapped over each other. Mm -hmm. So I agree with Jim. I think I think they're they're just a little too much togetherness in a way um, all the time. And I. The other thing that kind of struck me is when I think back over the records that were made um, post-Mark or without Mark, um, as much as I love Hollywood Town Hall and Tomorrow on the Green Grass, they really <clears throat> grew a level of sophistication over those last few yeah. records, especially on Rainy Day Music. And this does feel like a return to form, but a return to form that kind of lacks some of what had happened in between. It kind of feels like we're, we are back in 1995 and, yeah. and what happened in between is a little bit forgotten. And and I agree. I think on for me, She Walks in So Many Ways is by far the best song on this record. Um, and Pouring Rain at Dawn, to me, is the one that most highlights Gary's voice again and sounds like where they've been most recently. And I have to say the others, 
there's piece bits and pieces of each yeah. of the others I like, but a few of them, it's going to take a while. And like all Jayhawks records, I will say, it's going to take a while and repeated listenings for the full impact to hit. But um, on first listen, I didn't feel that sort of heartbreaking attachment to it that I've had with most of their other records. Baby, close the door. The only one you know. The footsteps you keep wandering on and on. Pouring rain at dawn. Set yourself at ease. You're always on my mind. Close the door, I close the door, that's all. I chose my way to fall. You know, it's got to be, it's sort of a tough assignment for the Jayhawks because yeah. you've got people like us who have been with this band for 15, 20, 20 plus years as fans and we're expecting the album of a lifetime, you know, and uh, we're going to be tough and we're going to be critical and, and we, we all want this album to be the best album they've ever made, but uh, it may not be. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we're tough and critical, but I also think the anticipation is so eager. Yeah. Um, I was poised to just embrace this and love this record the same way I did the others, which is unfair yeah, to the band. Yeah, expectations were just too high. A- absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the choices, I think, what Bill and I were discussing this yesterday, actually, it, it, it sometimes feels in this record that um, Gary's been so front and center in the band for so long that maybe there's a strategic decision to let Mark be front re- and center a little bit and that. let mm-hmm. Gary be in back. But again, that's why I say it feels like some of the sort of sophistication and growth of the band over those 15 years without Mark feels a little lost here. You know, there's this uh, density and beauty to their harmonies that are mm-hmm. like no other in music. But um, one thing that I wished for was having that have more impact by resting that a little bit. Exactly. It's almost the entire record. They're both singing in harmony. And, and I feel like the harmonies would be even more effective if they pulled off, had maybe a solo voice on a verse, and then they came in together on the chorus or the bridge or whatever. And and I miss that. And that's something that one of the characteristics I loved about those peak era records, you know, Hollywood and Tomorrow the Green Grass. You don't hear Gary's Gibson, you know, for the long you know, guitar solo like you used to either. Yeah. I, I kind of miss that. Yeah, I'm, I, I want a little more crazy horse in my Jayhawks. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Thanks for joining me, Jim and, and uh, Ali Lozoff. It's been a pleasure doing this. Yeah. Thank you. It's the new album from the Jayhawks called Mockingbird Time. Sit and watch the river flow. Try and touch the sky. Don't mind the sound of the songbird try. We're do the essentials right now. Joining me is new hot host David Safar to talk about Willie Nelson. What you got today, David? Okay, so this album was one of the first albums I was exposed to as a child. My mom would have it on when I was around the house, just playing. And I quickly absorbed these songs, which isn't really that remarkable because 
I'm trying not to give it away. They're some of the most classic sounding songs mm-hmm. you might ever hear and maybe ever written, in my humble opinion. The album I'm talking about is Willie Nelson's Stardust. It's a, it's a beautiful album, Bill. And it isn't the type of album that you think of when you go to pick an essential album. Like if, you, if I said, hey, grab your five essential albums that you need if you were on a desert island, this probably isn't one of them. More, more recently, it, it, it might make it, though. Maybe. Yeah. Let's talk about that. But, you know, the reason why I think people maybe wouldn't think of this album is because it's an album of standards, right. pop standards at that, that was recorded in the late 70s. It's far from being a debut. Willie was well into his career at this point. And it was a complete change of direction for him. Yeah. And it was sort of controversial, but yeah. not in like a groundbreaking way, more in a sort of like what he's selling out. It, or or this guy's committing career suicide. What's he thinking? And this was the height, 1978 was the height of the outlaw country movement with he and Waylon and the like. And he was the poster child for it. Yes. You know, he had taken country music. He had said, you know what? He pretty much told the Opry to, they can go wherever they want. And uh, he, he was going to do his own thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he decided to be the outlaw country guy. And then he turns around and he decides, I'm going to, record an album of pop standards and Booker T's gonna produce it and I'm gonna get a lineup of great musicians and I'm gonna put together 10 tracks of I mean they're just timeless songs so and by the way it doesn't sound like a country album that was the weirdest thing about it but that voice is unmistakable completely Georgia Georgia no peace I find just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind So here's why I think it's an essential album. The musicians on this album are exceptional. This is an example of musicianship. If you play music, you need to listen to this album. The arrangements, the performances, the interpretations of these songs that you think, you know what? The Georgia on my mind means nothing to me. It wasn't, you know, it's not part of my life. It wasn't, you know, a hit song, an original hit song in my lifetime. Yeah, but Ray Charles actually had a pretty good version of it too. He so, did, but that yeah. wasn't during my my time either. <laughs> but but then these the interpretation of this song and all the other ones on this album are just remarkable. It creates this emotion and like meaning for you when you listen to the album. Second, fans of Willie. If you want to know what Willie Nelson's about. You can listen to all his Outlaw Country stuff, but you need to also listen to this album because this just puts on display how talented he is, how unique his voice is, and the way he delivers these lyrics. I mean, it's just, it's like heart-wrenching. in a stream Falling leaves a sycamore Yeah, he can. He he brings the song to life, is what he does. I mean, you, there's a picture that uh, the Willie Nelson. You know, it, it's like he's making a painting when he sings. It, every little, it's just so textured and nuanced. But it's all all coming from an everyman, a common man like like Willie Nelson. This is really a piece of work. I really love this album a lot too. And the third reason why this is an essential album is that if you are a fan of country, or if you're not a fan of country and you haven't discovered especially the late 70s period of country music, mm-hmm. this is like the biggest crossover record you're going to find. I mean, it's it's really like a reflection of what Ray Charles did in the 60s yeah. when he recorded modern sounds in country and Western music. Um, this is kind of like the reverse play, though. He was a country star who decided to do these pop hits, 
And I think it's just on, it's on par with uh, Ray Charles. I think it's on, on par with the musicianship is just amazing. Um, and I mean, Bill, I can't even, I can't, even, I don't even have enough time to go through all 10 tracks and tell you how great they are. I mean, he covers Hoagie Carmichael, Georgia on my mind. He does Irving Berlin, Blue Skies. He does. That's, a, that's the one that really gets me, Blue Skies. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Here, here's a great story. When I interviewed Booker T, well, you were part of that session too. Booker T talked about how, how he and Willie first met. It was, uh, they both had a shared, or had, didn't share an apartment. They both had apartments near each other in Los Angeles and he saw uh, Willie running down the beach and he says, yeah, that, that's Willie Nelson. Ended up having a conversation and, and Willie was looking to do this and, and he was enlisted to produce the album. And and I still remember too that Booker T was talking about the time that, that uh, after the album was concluded, he had a convertible at the time and he's, and he's driving on the Pacific Coast Highway and listening to the cassette in the player and he heard Blue Skies and it's like, yeah, this is alright, life is good. Blue skies smiling at me Nothing but blue skies do I see Blue birds singing a song Nothing but blue skies from now on I never saw the sun shining so bright Never saw things going so right Noticing the days hurrying by When you're in love, my how they fly by Days, all of them gone. Nothing but blue skies from now on. And you know what? I think that mood translates even today when you listen to this album. This album is one of those things that you can put on whether you're hanging out on a Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. or it's really late night and you just got back from a long night out or you're waking up in the morning and eating your breakfast. This is one of those albums that is truly timeless in the sense you can put it on any time of the day, any time I think in your life. Um, and it's also something that, you know, you can listen to with your family, your friends. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's such a wonderful album. Um, my favorite track on the album is actually the last one, which is the Gershwin song, Someone to Watch Over Me. It's just so, there's like this tenderness to the song. And if you know Willie Nelson's story and you know anything about his life, I mean, it's just, there's something about it that it, it transcends. There's something about this, you know, this idea of someone, you know, someone in your life to take care of you. You listen to the song, you'll, you'll see what I mean. And it's David Safar, host of New Hot here on 89.3. Thanks for dropping by, David. Thanks, Bill. My pleasure. All right, we're going to check out that song, Someone to Watch Over Me, right now here on Music Heads. There is somebody I'm longing to see I hope that she turns out to be someone Music Heads from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank my colleagues for contributing to the show, including Jill Riley, Melanie Walker, Program Director Jim McGuinn, and The Current's Marketing Manager, Ali Lozoff, and to David Safar. Big props to Eric Applewick for talking with me about some of the music he's been listening to. And special thanks to Executive Producer Melanie Walker and Derek Stevens for helping make this show happen. 
and to our intern, Alex Wright. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio and The Current for making shows like this one happen. And thanks to you for listening. Find us at thecurrent.org slash musicheads, and we'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek from Girls, the San Francisco band, whose key members include frontman Christopher Owens, who's also the band's main songwriter, and Chet J.R. White, who plays bass and produces. Girls' new album is called Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Check out the galloping surf rock number here called Honey Bunny. We'll catch you in a week. <laughs>